From the Rodney Kiefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Mitchell talks to us about how he utilizes all five days of the week to keep his team primed and ready during the basketball season, how giving a young coach the freedom to struggle and make their own mistakes allows them to find out what kind of coach they really are, and he tells us a story on how sometimes it's better to be patient while you work towards your dream job. All this in another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. This episode is brought to you by Play. Play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. Everyone at Play works to help strength coaches innovate and find solutions for our profession. From flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces, and everything in between, Play will collaborate with you to find what you need. They work with everyone from professional teams to high schools, and they've always made me feel important and a part of the Play family. Refuse second best with Play. Find them at play.us and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I am joined by Coach Mark Mitchell. He's currently the Director of Basketball Athletic Performance at Southern Methodist University. Prior to this, he was the Director of Basketball Strength and Conditioning at Stephen F. Austin. He's also had stops at Western Michigan, Ohio State, and Eastern Michigan. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Coach, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be thought of and to be on with you and I just want to echo all the thanks for all the strength coaches out there for you bringing this thing back uh, and kind of carrying on the the podcast that Coach McKeefrey set forward. I, I've, I've been a listener for years, and this is uh, truly an honor to be on with you. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Could you tell us a little bit more about your role at SMU? Yeah, so uh, my role at SMU um, is any any and everything related to athletic performance with the men's basketball team here. Um, that, that includes obviously a lot to do with what we do in the weight room, training, uh, lifting, recovery, um, lots of education as far as nutrition, hydration, um, how to treat your body, how to, how to take care of yourself, um, all that stuff um, in a nutshell. Um, I basically have a hand in everything that the guys um, eat as far as nutritional wise, um, our training tables, um, how we eat on the road, what we do, uh, before we leave, um, any nutrition, supplementation, vitamins, all that stuff. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, I'm an educator, you know, I feel like, you know, as coaches, that's really what we are in a nutshell. Um, we're, you know, we're trying to educate these guys and kind of trying to put together, you know, the best program that we possibly can. And that encompasses, you know, every aspect of, of human performance and athletic wellness. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to do here. Definitely. And, and you guys are off to a, a pretty good start this year and I'm looking at your schedule and you have a very tough, I mean, your whole season is just loaded with very, very tough teams you're about to play. How do you go about 
getting your athletes ready for, you know, this type of season, what do you guys tend to focus on with your, with your basketball team when you're in the, in the grind of the season? Yeah. So the in season, man, it's, it's so important. Um, it's, it's our biggest training block. Um, so we obviously have, you know, our postseason, our off season training in the summer and our preseason training in the fall, but the biggest block that we have is, is our in season template. And, um, you know, we, uh, we train every day that we practice. Um, and, um, you know, we've kind of, we kind of shrink those down into little 15 to 20 minute training sessions where we are very precise and exact on what we're trying to accomplish. Um, we keep intensity high, we keep volume low. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a, you know, a standard metric as far as maintaining um, high intensity, maintaining muscle um, composition and, and strength and power throughout the year, but we don't want to overtax them. We don't want to overload them with too much excessive volume. Um, so being able to separate it into 15, 20 minute session has also, it's also helped us with COVID related issues as far as being able to spread guys out, um, eliminate contact tracing. Um, you know, we're in that window where, you know, we're not within six feet for 20 or more minutes. Um, you know, we're spread out, you know, we're not having to share too much equipment. Um, and, you know, the beautiful thing about basketball is it's, you know, it's 15 guys, you know, I'm, I'm able to have kind of my own working facility. We, you know, we don't have to share our time or our weight room with anyone at the same time. Um, so it's, it's very easy to kind of program things to where, you know, we're, we're very fast. We're very efficient. Um, we're hitting the things that we need to hit. And, um, you know, and it also training every day allows me to see him every day, you know, so I can have conversations with guys about how they're doing, how they're recovering, what they're feeling for the day. And it also lets me make, you know, individual adjustments if, if need be, you know, for starters that are logging heavy minutes, you know, sometimes they may just need to stretch and recover and, and do some, some more recovery type lifts. And then we got guys that are still in the developmental stages of their career and, you know, Hey, we need to hit it. We need to hit it hard. We need to continue to kind of treat this like an off season type program. So we've got a lot of things going on in the weight room at the same time. And again, because basketball has such low numbers, I'm able to kind of individualize, um, pull guys aside, do some different things and kind of meet them where they're at every day. Definitely. And I've heard of other teams, especially during COVID, like even I'm doing the small groups right now, but just to think the season is the largest training block and you guys do a workout every day you practice, which is damn near every day, but it's only a 15 minute workout. So I know you, you mentioned you might do a recovery, but is, you know, let's say your team's looking good. So is every day, you know, you're going to focus on one movement, like this is squat movements, you know, push, pull, and then deadlift, or is it kind of like, Hey, here's your squat movement here's your recovery, like recovery session for the second day, third day. Like, how do you go about splitting up that workout? Yeah. So that's a great question. So furthest away from competition, we'll definitely target uh, lower body. We'll, we'll target kind of attacking the legs a little bit more further away from competition so that, you know, they, they have adequate time to recover. Um, and um, yeah, it's just like that. It's exactly like you said, we do a big movement every day, um, whether that's a squatting movement, whether that's uh, one day and then a deadlifting movement the next day and maybe an upper body push, upper body pull. Um, so we, yeah, we definitely segment it. Um, and again, like I said, we try to keep intensity pretty high. So we stick to, one or two big, big movements where we're incorporating, you know, best bang for your buck type movement um, within, you know, a total body movement. Um, one day, 
um, an explosive lift one day, um, a primary barbell movement one day, whether it's lower or upper. And we kind of segment it that way. And we just kind of, uh, as competition kind of nears, we, we have those conversations with, with, with guys as far as how they're feeling. But up to this point we have, we've only played five games. Um, we've been training really hard every day that we've been in here. There hasn't really been any recovery days. Um, that'll probably be towards the future, late January, early February, um, where some guys just might need a day, you know, um, and, and some guys might not need a day, you know? So that's when kind of the, the art of coaching kind of sets in, um, you kind of get away, you got to get away from your, your periodization a little bit and kind of step into your coach hat and you got to make decisions based on, you know, how guys are feeling and, you know, your relationship with them. Um, and, um, but again, that hasn't come yet. We've been training hard. <laughs> so we've been, we've been definitely hitting it, but yeah, it's exactly like you said, man, we, we target one primary primary movement of the day. And then we trickle that in with some, some prehab stuff, some injury prevention type stuff. Um, we do an extensive warm up, extensive, um, you know, kind of uh, prep period before we head out onto the court. So, you know, we'll take that 15, 20 minute block right before we enter the court. And then that kind of serves as our dynamic warm up. kind of, serve, you know, guys are ready to go energy systems fired up. You know, we have kind of got all the initial, you know, kind of yawns out of the way, you know, for coach to kind of go ahead and just jump right in and hit it, you know? So it's kind of, it serves two different, you know, two different avenues as far as me being able to see him every day, me, me being able to help facilitate, um, you know, not only their physical development, but also their recovery processes and just getting them ready for practice. So um, that's kind of the idea behind training every day. Um, and obviously it's probably taking a traditional three-day template and turning that into a six-day, you know, because we, we're usually off one day a week or have a travel day. And, you know, and honestly, guys have, guys have wanted to train on game days, you know, because they're so used to – that's just a part of what they do now. They come in and they, they get a little bit of a lift in before they practice. So a lot of guys are like, hey, you know, let's, let's lift a little bit before the game. You know, I want to I want to get the nerves out. I want to kind of get the edge off. want to kind of fire up that energy system and kind of that central nervous system, get it firing. And, you know, uh, we've had a pretty good response to it. Oh, absolutely. That's actually a, a pretty interesting way to create a, 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 day, a split within the season. And I, I'm big fan of it. I'm about to look into that a little bit more, but you, you had mentioned, you know, guys wanting to train on game days or even, you know, getting to know your athletes, especially when it gets later in the season, what's the culture you try to establish with your athletes? You know, if I were to walk, uh, you know, travel down to, you know, Texas and walk into the, your, your weight room and watch one of your lifts, like what kind of culture would I see with you and your squad? Well, I mean, I, hopefully I think you'd see a bunch of guys that just really love to train. Um, I think that, um, and hopefully you got you'd see a bunch of guys that understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. And um, obviously, you know, basketball players, um, we've tried to we've tried to create a culture here, and and I've tried to implement and, and kind of stress the point that the weight room and the basketball court and all the things that you do at practice, all the all the shots you get up, all the individual preparation that you do throughout the course of the year, it's really no different than coming in the weight room and training. And once you get a guy to kind of understand that their overall development as a basketball player, there's no separation between what we do in the weight room and what we do in the court. And once you get a kid bought into that kind of process of 
kind of a global kind of overview of, of their, their, their basketball experience. They really won't see me as the weights coach. They really won't see me as, as the guy that, you know, is making them do a bunch of crazy stuff in the weight room. No, they're just going to say, Hey, I'm just getting better at basketball today. You know, I'm doing things that I know are going to directly translate to me jumping higher, moving quicker, recovering faster. So that's to me, that's 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 the whole mind mindset and the whole culture that I want to create with these guys. I want them to see training as just an extension of the basketball court, an extension of of what they do and how they get better at basketball. And, you know, that's that's really what I've tried to stress with them. But. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to create highly conditioned, strong, powerful, explosive basketball players that are physically, mentally and emotionally pre- prepared to win championships. And, you know, we do that in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, my primary methods of training are pretty centered on ground based, free weight, three dimensional, multi joint movements, um, you know, kind of athletic based type training, um, the training movements, not not muscle groups and you know, really kind of targeting in on improving my athlete's ability to both apply force and receive force, you know, and I'm looking a lot, lot more into that as far as um, force production, you know, and, and how we're producing, how we're receiving um, and how I can help better translate all the gains that, you know, that we're doing in the weight room to the court. No, definitely. And you, you've been lucky enough to be, this is the start of your fifth year. Yep. Yeah, started your fifth year. So you've you're, you've been there. You've been established. Is this something that the first year kids are seeing with you coming in? Like, you know, this is a kind of culture run. And is it? You know, do you see your your upper class and taking the lead and be like, look, it's not weightlifting just to you know, just for the sake of weightlifting. This is for you to become a, a better basketball player. Or do you kind of instill that all in the preseason time that you guys get? Or where does this is, I mean, it sounds like a really great culture. Uh, when do you create that or when do you set those, those, those standards and those boundaries? Yeah. I mean, it definitely starts year one, day one. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, and, and it even starts before that in the recruiting process, you know, as we get guys signed and we get guys coming in from high school, you know, Hey, you know, that's one of the big things that we talk about even on their visit, you know, Hey, you know, this, you're going to love this place because this is going to make you so much better at basketball. You know, this is, this is a place where you're going to turn in from a 18 year old high school kid to a 22 to 23 year old grown man, you know, and you're going to take that next step to hopefully, you know, all of our guys have goals and aspirations of, of playing at the next level or playing for money, you know, somehow, some way. So I think, I think now more than ever guys really, really understand and they just they they see the bodies that that NBA players have now and the commitment that they're taking and they're putting into training and and lifting and the preparation process so it's an easier sell now for me than it was probably five years ago um, especially you know with social media and with all the stuff I mean guys are guys are really in tune with their favorite players and their favorite athletes and, and what they're doing and how they're training. And, you know, so, but to answer your question, yeah, day one, uh, when we get them here, you know, and, and I show it to them and I want to, I want to show progress. I want to show progression. I want to show where they started to where they're, where they're heading. And, you know, we do a lot of that stuff as far as front back photos and we do a lot of the metrics and the testing and we do a lot of that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, I think I think it's just about how the guys just really see it translate and they feel it, you know, but 
but yeah, it's a culture thing that, you know, I think you hope that your leaders and your juniors and seniors just kind of take it and run with it, you know, and the younger guys just kind of follow their lead. And um, we're, we're fortunate right now we have an older group. Um, I didn't really have to acclimate any new guys into the team. Um, had one transfer. Um, and another thing, we're a big transfer school. You know, so I get I get a lot of guys that are coming from other universities, um, whether that be junior college or at, you know, another level um, or another school coming over. And, um, you know, those guys, you know, they they kind of they kind of come in and they've had a little bit of experience, you know, in the weight room. They've been a part of a division one program. Uh, they've had an experience with another strength coach. Um, so honestly, they're they've been some of my best guys. And I think it's just a testament to how many guys are doing such a great job across the country as far as developing athletes. You know, I get, I, I get kind of lucky because they've kind of, they've kind of got them out of the, the freshman little learning curve and they've taught them a little bit how to lift and how to train and how to do things the right way. And, you know, so it's kind of been easy for me to say, Hey, you know, all right, let's roll you know, let's, let's, let's take that next step and let me show you what I do and why this is going to help you. And, you know, let's, and let's also, you know, let's have a little back and forth, you know, why don't you tell me what you like to do? You know, why don't you, why don't you show me what, what helps you, you know, what, what makes you feel strong? What makes you feel explosive? What makes you feel um, the best on the court, you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of times those are, those are the things that the athletes do the best. Um, Basketball is very, very unique with bodies, um, limbs, talking about long levered guys that are freakishly athletic and just do a bunch of special things out there. And a lot of times the barbell doesn't fit some of these guys. So you have to get creative. You have to, you have to put, put them in different positions to where they, they can be successful. And eventually, you know, you know, all we're trying to do as strength coaches is, is, is to create a stress and elicit a response. And we don't get that unless we're able to load them, you know, so we have to find, and basketball is one of those unique sports where you have to find ways to load athletes. You know, if a guy can't back squat, we have to find a way to put him in a position that, that is back squat related is squat related, but we can also, we can also start loading up from an, int an intensity standpoint so that he can, he can reap the benefits of getting stronger, getting bigger, um, getting faster, getting more explosive. So um, there's sometimes a lot of limiting factors with some of these body types, but at the end of the day, you know, we have to, we have to find the lifts that really get the guys going and really, um, really um, put them in a position where we can load the bar up and we can, we can get them stronger. No, definitely. And everything you're bringing up, it sounds like you and you definitely do have a ton of experience, you know, being that guy to, you know, create that program and, and have coached. And before SMU, you're at Stephen F. Austin. And besides basketball, what were the other teams you worked with? Yeah, so at, at Stephen F., um, primary responsibility was men's basketball. Um, I assisted with football. I worked a lot with um, the uh, – um, the wide receivers and DBs, um, which was very relatable to basketball, um, worked with baseball, um, worked as, with softball at one point, um, men's and women's tennis, um, uh, men's and women's golf, um, the throwers, the track throwers, um, and uh, probably some more. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's a lot of athletes. So what you know, what was the big takeaway from your time at Stephen F. Austin and managing just so many athletes? Cause it's it's a lot and it's not just you know, men's teams, you know, you also had some female athletes in there as well. And just, that's a, it's a lot to do. So what was something that you took away from your time, you know, leading your way at Stephen F. Austin? Yeah. So Stephen F. was my first full-time job after I did a graduate assistant assistantship at Western Michigan. And what prepared me for that most was my time at Western Michigan with um, the coach I worked with. His name's Nate Peoples taught me so much about um, just carrying myself as a coach. And that, you know, really translated to um, what I was able to start doing with my athletes at Stephen F. And then I worked for an unbelievable boss. Um, His name was Dan Eason um, at Stephen F. Austin. And he just, I can't, I can't thank him enough for just kind of giving me the free reign to make some mistakes, do all my programming, be completely hands off and just, let me be a coach. And he really allowed me to uh, have the freedom to kind of make, you know, make myself into the coach that I wanted to be and am today. Um, and he, he gave me that freedom to help explore, to, to explore, you know, all the different things that I wanted to do with each sport. And I was new, I was new to working with females. I'd never worked with female sports before. from that point, I was a football player. So I kind of had a little bit too much of an edge on me you know, to work with some of the finer details of, of working with some of the women's sports. And so I learned fast and I learned that, you know, I had to, I had to be able to um, kind of reel myself back in some situations, some, some sports and some cultures um, from, from men's tennis to golf, to all these different sports, they have, they have different ways in which they do things. And, Discipline, accountability, and toughness doesn't always look like a football team. There's different different ways that women's athlete, uh, women's golf and, and and women's tennis they show discipline, accountability, and toughness in totally different ways. You know, so it, it taught me not to put people in a box and train people one way, and to be only one coach, only the mean guy in the corner yelling, only the dictator only the, you know, the guy that had to have complete control and had to be on a whistle every time. Like, you know, we had smaller groups and, you know, you have tennis and golf as, you know, 10, 10 athletes at a time, you know, we can, you know, we can be a little bit um, more freedom. You know, we can have a little bit more freedom as far as the programs and I can program, you know, outside of the traditional barber, barbell lifts. And, you know, there was just a lot that I learned, you know, with dealing with a lot of different, types of athletes, different personalities, different cultures, different coaches, and, you know, different coaches wanting different things out of their programs. Um, you know, not everybody, not everybody wants you to be the culture and tone setter. You know, a lot of guys just, they want you to get them better. You know, they want you to, and, you know, they want to, they want to handle that stuff on their own, you know, and then there's some coaches that they want that. They want you to be the iron fist. They want you to be the guy that is in charge of the discipline. You want, they want you to be in charge of setting the tone for the program. And then, you know, you do that, you know, but you don't, I, I don't, I don't think as a coach, you, you just automatically, you know, shut off, you know, the people that you work with, you know, as far as what they need and what they want out of the program, you know, you have to, you have to be flexible enough as a coach and have enough, have enough kind of, skill as an as a as a coach um from a from a interpersonal standpoint to be able to have 
those subtle differences um, between how you coach. And, and in no, and in no way am I saying that you sacrifice what you believe in as far as, you know, this is how we do things. This is how, you know, I run the weight room. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. Like that stuff's got to stay the same and you got to be, you know, concrete about what you believe in and, and why you're doing what you're doing. But there is difference. There's, there's some things that I believe that, you know, require a little bit of, uh, of, um, you know, you just understanding who you're dealing with as far as athletes go. We'll be right back. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based training market. Developed by the team at GymAware, Flex is the only laser-based system available. And it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in the sub $500 category. That's right, you heard it, sub $500 barbell velocity tracker. And that's easy to use. It's wireless and yes, it's portable. It's specifically designed for individual use with its own social platform and automatic training log. Flex captures all the critical performance and technique metrics that people demand from a VBT device. Velocity, power, bar path, range of motion, and even bar position. Live feedback is delivered through the Flex app on every lift and all the data is automatically stored for review. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from its competition at flexstronger.com slash vbtfuture. Again, that's flexstronger.com slash vbtfuture. No, definitely. And I think that's some great advice. And you know what, what some advice you'd give to, you know, that strength coach that's just coming off an internship or maybe just coming off a GA and going right into their first, you know, full-time gig, um, you know, that are in the grind of things, you know, maybe they're just realizing, you know, Hey, you, do you think life is linear? And then you realize it's definitely not. And, you know, they're in the grind of what we're doing. You know, what's some advice you give to those coaches? Yeah, I would just I would just tell them to be seen more than you're heard. Um, keep your head down, work extremely hard. Um, you know, go above and beyond. Um, you know, don't you don't always have to be asked to do things, especially when it comes to little things like cleaning up the weight room. You know, making sure everything's put back where it's supposed to be, and you know, just kind of being on top of of some of the little details. I think you know those are those are easily forgotten and um, they're, they're not easily, you know, as a, as a coach and as a, as someone who's had interns and had, you know, some people working under him, trust me, they're, pe- people are watching, you know, and they're, they're keeping track of, you know, they know who's out doing what they know who's out on the floor, taking extra reps and trying to, you know, Hey, you want to go out, you know, you grabbing another intern is, Hey, you want to go over our coaching cues together. You want to go out and, you know, you want to go train for a little bit and you watch me lift. I watch you lift, you know, we, we coach each other. So it's really just taking every opportunity that you have to um, not always have to pick the brain of the, the coach that you're working with. I think, um, the thing that, you know, helped me the most as a, as a GA, I know coming up was just watching and observing the guy that I was working for. And it was the best education of how to be a strength coach that I could possibly have. And, you know, we didn't have to have in-depth conversations on periodization or, or programming or sets and reps. Um, you know, I was able to pick that stuff up. I was able to learn that stuff on my own, but the, 
the day-to-day operations of how you talk to people, how you communicate, how you talk to administrators, how you present yourself to athletes. That's the type of stuff that you can pick up from the, your, the director that you're working with. And I think that, you know, if you're working with good people, you know, I think those are some of the most valuable things that you can pick up from, from coaches is just those things. Like I explained, just the way that they handle themselves, the way they carry themselves as a coach, just their character, their personality. Um, it can really help shape who you become as a coach. No, definitely. I think that's, that's some great advice. And you had mentioned you've been able to hire either, you know, you've had interns or any, you know, anybody working under you. How do you go about finding what you would think would work for you? Cause I, I, I know I've had assistants and interns and, you know, the person you interviewed might be the something different than when you actually get there. So what, what what's something that you say you would look for if you were hiring your next intern or your next assistant? Uh, honestly, I just want to see first and foremost, how, how much you want to be involved with the program. You know, I, I, I always, I can't help but turn people away that just are just so adamant about, you know, wanting to be a part of SMU and the culture that we have here from a university standpoint, from a, um, from an athletic department standpoint, you know, when, when people are just relentless in their pursuit as far as it, you know, Hey, this is, this is a place that, you know, I love, and this is a place that I see as doing things, you know, the way that, that I want to learn, you know, and, and that, 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 that's really, you know, compelling to me, you know, I don't, I don't get a whole lot of, uh, you know, being here in Dallas, you, you, you do get a lot of, um, a lot of people that, you know, just being in a big city, you have a lot of people that, you know, send emails and stuff like that. And emails are great. Um, you know, but pre COVID a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the interns that I've hired have honestly just come and, and come and sent and, you know, come to the door and come and see me, you know, they just, they come to the facility, you know, they do enough research to say, Hey, you know, I'm just going to go, I'm going to see if I can talk to them in person. And you know, that, that, you know, makes a huge impression on me when I, when I, when a guy just, you know, is that hungry to say, Hey, you know, I'll take the time out of my day. And, you know, it's really easy to send an email and to send a chain email about, you know, this is who I am. This is my resume. If you ever have any openings, you know, please consider me, you know, honestly, that's probably getting deleted, you know, but if you take the time to, you know, if you're in this area and you take the time to look me up and, and try to either come to the facility or, you know, try to just, you know, come meet me in person, you know, just for a quick minute, you know, that's going to, that's going to hold a lot of weight for me. Definitely. And what would you say is the one characteristic that makes a good intern? Once they, let's say they may impressed you, they met you in person, you bring them on. What have you seen makes a a good intern? Uh, Somebody that, you know, kind of, like I said earlier, just kind of keeps their head down and just, just works. And, you know, someone that, you know, doesn't always have to get the last word in or someone that doesn't always have to um, have elaborate conversations, you know, someone that is just kind of a sponge, you know, and just kind of a fly on the wall for a little bit, you know, until until they learn kind of the the coaching cues and kind of the language that, you know, we're trying to speak and stuff in the weight room. And, you know, 
honestly, th- those are the best types, you know, the, the quiet, the humble, you know, the guys that just go to work and the guys that, you know, just come in and they, they observe, they learn first, bef- you know, before they, before they act or before they speak, you know, as far as um, coaching goes, but um, you know, those, those, those types of guys are, you know, really hard to, tr- to keep out of your program. You know, those are guys that you want, you know, guys that, you know, are just, you know, humble, have kind of a servant mindset of, you know, I'm here to, to learn and listen. I'm not here to put in my two cents about, you know, well, this guy does it this way and I did an internship with such and such. And, you know, we did it this way and, you know, can I, can we do it this way? Or, you know, and guys that, you know, kind of want to bite off too more, too much, too early as far as like, you know, Hey, can I take an athlete on the side? Can we do, you know, work and, you know, can we do some extra stuff over here with them and, or can I take an injured guy for the day? And, you know, maybe they're not ready for that, you know? So I would rather have somebody that, you know, really kind of takes their time and spends a little bit of time with me too, you know, like the one month, two month internships, they're, they're great. And I have a curriculum and a format where, you know, I can get guys in here and they can, they can kind of learn a little bit, but, you know, if you stay with me for a season or, you know, four or five months, you know, if you're, if you're able to, if you're in this area, you know, I'm probably going to be more, um, more apt to want to really pour into you and spend more time with you. No, definitely. That's great. And what's some advice you would give to the first time director? So let's say they've been an assistant, they've, they've gotten to that next step. And you, and I know, it's a tough one because you know, I have interns and I've had assistants, but when they go to become a director, it's just, you know, heavy is the head that wears a crown. And it's like, it's a whole different ball game once you step into the administrator's role. What's some advice you'd give to that strength coach that's, you know, finally got that director job? Yeah. I mean, I think you hit it on the head. I think, you, you know, once you're an administrator and you're in the director role, um, you can't, you can't just see yourself as a strength coach. You have to, you have to have the the social skills and those interpersonal skills to be able to relate with administrators. You have to spend time, you have to do your rounds, you have to talk to coaches, you have to develop those relationships. You can't, you can't guard your desk all day. You can't, you can't be down in the dungeon and you can't be in your office, you know, just, you know, on the computer doing, doing the X's and O's and doing the programming. You got to get out. You gotta, you gotta be more visible. Um, you gotta, you gotta be kind of a guy that, administration can see, you know, and, you know, you, you don't do that if you're just hiding in the weight room all day, you know, and again, it's, it's hard because a lot of guys have, you know, and sometimes that, it, that means that you need to delineate even more responsibility to your assistants. And, you know, that's another thing is, you know, hiring good people starts with, you know, I've always looked to people that I know and trust in this, in this, uh, in this industry and friends and colleagues and people that I've worked with, you know, those are the, those are the people that I'm going to go to, Hey, who, who, who should I consider hiring? You know, you got anybody, you know, those are, you know, those are, those are important to coaches because, you know, trust and, and developing that chemistry, um, you know, has to, has to happen. And as a director, um, you know, you got to really, really trust the people that you hire that are doing a good job, not only on the floor coaching athletes, but also, you know, socially, you know, handling themselves responsibly. Um, Cause you know, once you step into that administrator role, it's like you said, you take on the load of not only, 
you know, what you're doing in the weight room, but also the the actions that, you know, people are doing outside of work and all the things that, you know, come along with, with that, you know, so, but I think things that I've struggled with and, you know, things that I've, you know, kind of not done well in the past and probably still struggle with and still kind of always have to tell myself to, Hey, you, you gotta, you gotta be more visible. You gotta have those conversations. You gotta, you know, when you're able to talk to ADs, when you're able to talk to those types of people, you have to, you have to talk with, um, you know, with clarity, you have to show them that you're more than a strength coach, show them that you're, you're more than just a guy who just yells and screams in the weight room. You know, you have to show them that, you know, you bring a lot, lot more to the, to the table than just, than just that, you know, and, and you know, you're developing things in, in the athletes that go beyond just the performance side of it. You know, you want to be, you want to be that kind of guy and you want to make sure that your administrators know that. Mm. That's some great advice, coach. And if you could pick up the phone and call Mark Mitchell from five years ago, what would you tell him? So this, this one, this one's an easy one for me. Um, kind of like I told you before we jumped on, um, this is, this is kind of something that probably not very many people know about me and my career path and kind of how I kind of got where I, I am today. Um, only the people that are really close to me kind of know this, you know, story, but, um, so about five years ago, um, we had just finished up, um, our third year at Stephen F. Austin, um, had a great run, uh, three straight conference tournament championships, three straight conference championships, um, NCAA tournament, all that stuff. And, um, uh, head coach got a new job. Um, and, um, the guy that I was working with is Stephen F took a job somewhere else and, um, I wasn't able to go with him. And, um, I was, I was kind of going through, uh, a lot at that point, you know, I'd kind of built up, you know, everything that I was about as a coach and everything that, you know, every reason that I had that, you know, I was, it, it was about that program. It was about those players. It was about those coaches that I worked with and, um, kind of got shattered a little bit, you know, my ego got hit a little bit, you know, I got, I was, I was one of the guys that, you know, kind of got left behind and, um, um, kind of went through a phase where I kind of lost faith a little bit in the process. You know, I felt like I worked hard and, you know, I thought that I'd done all the right things and, you know, all, everything was lining up to be, you know, this kind of perfect thing. And, you know, as coaches, we know now, and hindsight is so 2020, as far as, you know, that's, that's not the way it works, you know? things don't work out like that all the time. And, uh, my young coach's mind at that point didn't know that yet, you know, so I had to learn a hard lesson that, um, you know, just because, you know, you do all the right things or you think you've, you've earned something, you haven't earned anything, you know, there's, there's no guarantees in coaching. There's no guarantees in life. And, you know, you have to continue to strive to just do right by the athletes do right by, um, training them the right way. And, and kind of, you have to take out your own self, you know, ambition sometimes out of it, you know, and, and what I should have done is I should have stayed at Stephen F. I should have, I should have just kept my head down, kept, keep working. Um, but I kind of saw an opportunity to say, Hey, you know, I got to get out of here. You know, I, it, it's, you know, it's my time to, it's my time to leave too. You know, I, I, I deserve an opportunity as well. And, you know, it was a foolish thing. You know, I, I was, 
I was in a place where, you know, I wasn't thinking right. You know, I wasn't trusting, you know, I, I didn't have the faith, you know, that I've had my whole career about, you know, just opportunities coming to, you know, coming to the fold. You know, I think doors open and close for a reason. And I think, you know, things have always been that way in my career. You know, when it's been time for me to leave a place, um, that door opened and the other door closed, you know, and it was a clear, clear cut, easy decision to make. And um, this one, I kind of, I kind of did my own thing. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to find my, I'm going to find myself a way out of here. I'm going to apply to every job I see. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to find, I'm going to find another way out of here. And, um, and um, I was able to, I, I got a director job at Bradley university and um, I was fired up about it. I was extremely excited about it. Got down there and three months later, I got the call that I was supposed to get. And I got a call from SMU that I should have waited on. But my impatient mind and my ego got the best of me. And I took a position that is a great position. And and I would have been perfectly happy there for a long time at Bradley. But SMU was where I was supposed to be. And I knew that right away. I still had a Texas driver's license. All my stuff was still in Texas. It was a three-hour drive away from where I was at. So I, I kind of acted out of impulse. I acted out of kind of a foolish young coach's mind about where he thought he should be at or where his career should have been going. And um, I made a mistake. And, and I kind of put, you know, a school in a, in a horrible situation where I took a job. You know, I had to go back on my word, you know, that, you know, that was a place where I wanted to be at. You know, and I left after three months and I I still think about it to this day. It's still something that always comes back on me and kind of checks my ego and checks my priorities and what I'm actually doing as a coach, you know, because I don't I don't ever want to make that mistake again. I don't want to I don't want to put a school or administration in in a position where I go there and bounce, you know, within a matter of a couple months. And if I just would have been patient enough to wait and to just trust that there were so many other things going on behind the scenes that I didn't know that were going in my favor, but I just couldn't see them at that point, you know, and then the opportunity to, to SMU came up and, um, you know, I knew it was the right thing to do and I knew it was the right place to be at. And, you know, Dallas is like home to me now. SMU is, um, you know, been like a, like a family to me and, you know, met my wife here. And, you know, so this is, uh, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be, but, you know, I did make that mistake of, uh, that I didn't need to. And, um, I should have been patient. I should have waited my turn. I shouldn't have thought that I needed to jump the line or, or progress just for the sake of progressing, just because I felt like I was stagnant out. My career, you know, wasn't where, you know, I wanted it to be. And, um, so that was a big lesson learned. And um, so that was me five years ago. And um, that was a big one. No, definitely. And, and thanks for being candid. Cause I definitely know, I know what it's like to be in that position where you just, you know, patience is key. Cause yeah. you're just, you know, you're when you're a younger and you're just thinking, sometimes you just think irrational, like, Hey, I need to be out of here. This is my time to go. And yep. you just wait, things, things will work out. And, and congrats on the marriage, by the way, right? You just got married this year, is it? Yeah, yep, just got married yeah. this year. So yeah, congrats. It's been fantastic, man. And it's uh 
you know, that's a whole nother, whole nother, uh, learning experience and just, um, you know, all the, the day-to-day learnings and, you know, that's made me a better coach too, to be honest with you. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Congrats on that. So, you know, what's next for coach Mitchell? What's, uh, what's something that you're looking forward to maybe not just 2021, but just coming up here anytime. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking into, to diving into a lot of different, um, training modalities. Uh, I'm uh, looking to get my hands on some force plates here soon. So I'm looking to, uh, you know, if anybody out there has got some, some insights on that, I'd love to hear it. Um, you know, I have a little bit of a background in it and understand it a little bit, but just really feel like it's something that's going to bring, uh, you know, a really a good metric, you know, especially for basketball, as far as vertical power, um, just understanding how they're, you know, producing and receiving force and pushing the ground. And, um, so I'm, I'm very interested in that. Um, excited to, get my hands on those and to kind of get a little experience training and using those within our training program. And, you know, honestly, just, you know, this year has just taught me not to take anything for granted, you know, and to just really be present every day and just really appreciate where I'm at, you know, as far as just being able to, to train athletes, it was taken away from us for so long, about four or five months before we really got going this off season. And, you know, you really don't, you really don't know how much you, you appreciate it and you miss it you know, when it's taken away from you. Um, and I think all of us strength coaches got, you know, kind of a, kind of a well-deserved time off, but I think, um, just talking to a lot of fellow colleagues and friends, I think, you know, I think we're all refreshed. I think we've come back with a little bit more of a appreciative mindset and, um, just looking to get back and just, just training these guys and just serving these guys like I can and as much as I can. And, you know, just seeing where things go with the season and um, hopefully we can make it to the end, you know, with all the COVID stuff. And, but, um, you know, yeah, just uh, looking forward to just, just being in the weight room, training athletes and, you know, just kind of learning from my program each year and um, all that. Definitely don't take it any of it for granted. And I think we're all very much appreciated because, Hey, it took something like, like this to take us out of our weight rooms and then really, you know, miss being in there. Cause I know we, we grind it out, especially this time of year, last year, it's, you know, middle of basketball season. It's, it's a, it's a lot of work, but now that, that's some great advice. Uh, what's some uh, social media shout out or what's the best way uh, our listeners could reach out and see what you're doing or just uh, ask you any follow-up questions. Yeah, no, I, I love, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed interacting with uh, people on Instagram. Um, that's really the only social media that I have that I get on. Um, so that's definitely the best way to get a hold of me. And, uh, my handle is a uh, coach Mitch underscore strength. So it's coach M I T C H underscore strength. And, um, I'll definitely hit you back. Um, you know, I've, a lot of guys have had, um, a lot of people have had some questions on some of the stuff that I've done with uh, BFR training. And, um, you know, I try to shoot them as much information as I can with um, just anything I'm doing in my program. I'd love to, I'd love to talk shop and I'd love to, you know, obviously, you know, ask any other coaches, any questions. And I just think it's a great way to communicate as coaches and, you know, seeing videos, sharing content and um, um, yeah, definitely be, uh, be able to hit you back um, on there. 
For sure, Coach. And yeah, I want to take this time to say thank you for joining us on the podcast. You have a lot of great stuff. You know, word word gets out. You know what you're what you're running down there. So you know, I don't want to romanticize anything we do. It's you know, it's cool that we all wear Nike gear and we're on the sidelines and whatnot. But the the real day to day of what we do is not always broadcasted on on social media. But I want to let other coaches know, like, hey, we're human. We go through a grind just like you and. Here's what we learned along the way. So thanks for sharing all your your insight today. No, thank you, Coach. I mean, this has been a great experience. Hopefully, we can do it again. And um, you know, again, thank you so much for for bringing uh, new life back into this podcast and you know, just carrying on what Coach McKeever did. Like I said earlier, um, I've really, really enjoyed all the people that you've had on so far, and um, I'm a fan. I'm going to keep listening, and um, I just really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Coach, and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I've yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.